0: Hello and welcome to season two of Social Work Journeys, a podcast brought to you by the Graduate School of Social Work and Social Research at Bryn Mawr College. Thank you so much for tuning in. I am Mary Florence Sullivan, and I am your host. Social Work Journeys was created to showcase our incredible community. We feature conversations with GSSWSR students, alums, faculty, and staff, where we talk about their journeys through social work and all the peaks and valleys they've traversed along the way. We hope our podcast gives you some insight into the many pathways a career in social work can present, and will help answer some questions that might come up as we explore the world together. Today, we're joined by our Graduate Student Association Leadership Council, Janelle Fitzpatrick, Catherine Lord, and Dickie Robbins. Um, All right. Well, hello, everybody. I'm so happy and grateful to have our wonderful Graduate Student Association Leadership Council joining me today for our first episode of this academic year, which is our second season of the podcast, which is very exciting. So we have our three wonderful students who are serving on the Leadership Council and if you three could just introduce yourselves with your names, pronouns, interests, whether personal interests, professional interests, anything
1: that feels important to share. Uh, Catherine, if you want to get started. Absolutely. So I'm Catherine. My pronouns are she, her. Um, I kind of ended up on this social work journey because my path just kind of curved and curved and told me where to go. Um, so I started off like my adult professional career as an art teacher and, um, some, a couple of parents at the school I was teaching at had asked me to teach private art lessons. Um, and it, they didn't really end up being just art lessons. They kind of ended up being like a little therapy sessions because, um, the two parents who had asked were, um, Uh, parents of children with like extended needs and they found what we were doing calming and then I got to this point where I was like I don't think I'm qualified for this which like these children were seeing other mental health professionals it's not like I was you know doing something um that wasn't appropriate but also kind of led me to this like I'm really passionate about this and I want to work with children in this way so that's kind of where I'm at professionally um yeah.
0: Thank you so much. And any fun interests, um, personal interests that you want to share? I know you were an artist, but anything else? <laughs>
1: um, yeah. Uh, fun personal interests for me. I mean, I like to do giant sculptures, like you kind of alluded to Mary Florence. Yeah. Um, uh, usually things that look like dresses, but 100% aren't. Um, and then I kind of like um, me interest is spending time, time with my dogs, like constantly, and like hiking with them, and then um, just like friends and family in general. Yeah, that's pretty much it.
0: Thank you so Thanks. much for sharing. Janelle or Dickie, who wants to go next?
2: I'll go uh, next. Well, uh, Dickie Robbins, and I'm in my third year part time um, as a, a graduate social work student. And um, I was led into this social work journey because I've been doing this work for over 40 years as a pastor. And um, obviously, almost by definition, uh, being a pastor is social work. Um, But more on the biblical and spiritual side. And I just felt that... um, because of what I observed in my internship at the Boys and Girls Club, uh, working with kids and seeing the trauma that they were dealing with on a consistent basis, that I wasn't quite qual- uh, qualified to deal with them on a clinical level. And um, so I decided to go back to school, even at my, um, shall we say, um, uh, mature age and can um, and, and get some training in the area of social work from a clinical perspective, and um, I decided years ago, even when I was in uh, junior high school, that I wanted to spend my life attempting to help people. And so I, I found fulfillment in being a pastor. But again, uh, if you dealing with what the pandemic um, imposed upon uh, people, especially young people, I was convinced that. Uh, we were gonna start seeing a uh, proliferation of men- mental health, emotional uh, health issues. And I wanted to be positioned to address that uh, in a professional manner. So that's kind of where my journey into uh, clinical social work um, took place. And uh, a fun fact is um, right now I'm teaching my 15 year old granddaughter um, how to drive. Yesterday was her first lesson. And uh, she did amazing um, for her first time. Um, and so I'm going to be probably, she's spending a few days with my wife and me. So I'm going to take advantage of this time to teach her how to drive.
0: That's great. I was going to say, wow, that sounds like a stressful way to start the school year, but you said she did amazing. So that is absolutely wonderful and lovely that you get to spend some time together as the summer yeah. went down. Janelle, last but certainly not least, how All about right. you?
3: My name is Janelle Fitzpatrick, and my pronouns are she, her. Um, I have a lot of interests. Um, I really love traveling. I love to eat, um, and I love food, um, and I really enjoy spending time with my nephews. I have nephews that are seven, five, about to be six, and one that turned nine months old today. So I really enjoy hanging out with them um, and doing things. And uh, my journey into social work was very um, non-traditional. I was a pre-med Spanish um, major in undergrad and I was supposed to be a bilingual paid pediatrician. And uh, throughout school, I really did not enjoy science classes, and especially when I got to OCam, I was like, "Yeah, this is not it. This is not it." But I always had a passion for helping people, and I I always felt led to like service type work. So, um, after graduating college, I took a gap year. I did a year with AmeriCorps <laughs> City Year. And tried to figure out my next steps that did not include med school anymore. And then that's how I found my way to um, social work. And in doing the work um, at that time, you didn't have to have a social work degree. So, like, I did work in case management and then I worked for the Department of Human Services. And while I was there, like, if you didn't have an actual social work degree, couldn't be called a social worker. So our titles changed. And I really knew I was invested in this work because I really enjoy helping people, specifically like children and youth and having learned about ACEs, adverse childhood experiences and the negative effects. I was like, okay, this is where I'm supposed to be. Like I'm really interested in ameliorating um, um, outcomes for for children and youth so that's how I decided to apply to the school of social work and a fun fact is it took me 10 years to complete my application <laughs> I started my application with Vermont and then when it got to the personal statement because I don't particularly enjoy writing I was like uh and so I stalled I stalled and then I remember I was like, okay, I need to finish my application as now or never, and I contacted admissions. They were like, oh, yeah, now that was 10 years ago that you started your application, then you just needed that one part, but now you need to start over because it's been 10 years. So that um, is something about me and how I landed in social work.
0: Thank you so much. <laughs> no, I, I love that because it really... I talk about this a lot whenever I'm talking to people on this podcast, but there are so many, we all come to social work, I think, especially as a profession with different journeys and with different stories and everybody kind of comes to it in a very nonlinear way. So to hear the three of you coming from such distinct experiences and professional experiences and then Janelle, your story about taking uh, a little like you said, taking 10 years to to actually get the application. in. sometimes it just, that is how our stories go. And that's how the journey goes. And it's whatever time it happens, it's the right time, but we all get there in a different way, which I think is always really fascinating about social work because people bring so much into it.
3: Yeah.
0: So you wonderful students are all in your second, you're all in your final year, I should say, going into this year. Yeah. Um, which is incredible, especially Janelle and Tiki, because I met you both two years ago, which is a wild how time flies, but also that after this year, you're going to be graduating. So... For this final year, you are all part of our Graduate Student Association Leadership Council. And what some people get confused about, I think, myself included, is that the entire student body, that entire master student body is what's called the Graduate Student Association because it's the big group of students. But we have people who are elected by our students to represent them in terms of conversations about things they wanna see change on campus, events, speakers, all different kinds of things. So you three make up the leadership council this year, which is very exciting. So whoever wants to take this question, what feels really important to you about being a leader within our graduate student association, but as part of this leadership council?
3: So I can speak first since I was a part of GSA last year as the vice president. And I enjoyed my tenure with GSA, but I'm really glad that we pivoted to the leadership council. So that is more of a collected effort. We're not like hung up on titles or anything, but we all just kind of work collaboratively towards a common goal of representing the student body. So one of the most important things to me about serving on the council is ensuring that the student voice is heard. Um, oddly enough, we're all part-time. We don't have any full-time representation when usually it's the reverse. So being able to represent the student body and represent all voices and what the identified needs of, um, are of our community that's the most important thing to me about serving on the council. Because for me, it's not about my ideas or me pushing a particular agenda, but actually representing to um, our our graduate school of social work and social research leadership, what the needs are and what the voice of our student body is.
2: Well, Janelle pretty much said, everything that I uh, feel about uh, representing uh, the student body as part of the uh, Leadership Council. Um, I'm also glad that they changed the format of leadership uh, because uh, I've carried a title for so long and I found out that sometimes titles can be misleading and uh, sometimes people hide behind titles. I I believe that the uh, Leadership Council can work in a, a way that Accurately and fairly represent the uh, interest of all the students, because I don't think. Uh, I mean, I know both uh, Janelle and Catherine, and I believe that we can work well together. And there's no comp- competition. There's nothing um, that represents a per- personal agenda uh, amongst the three of us. And I think that uh, we both, we all three, listen uh, fairly well and can hear the voices of those uh, who may not directly be able to speak. Uh, to leadership of the the graduate school, but yet have some legitimate concerns, and we want to try to accurately uh, represent those concerns um, to the administration. So I'm excited about being a part of uh, that uh, collective voice.
1: Thank you so much. Yeah, you're right. Um, kind of, I'm sorry. <laughs> no, it's okay, Mary Florence. Um, so kind of going off of that with the elimination of the titles, I hope it also like has an impact on making us more approachable and mm-hmm. making, um, you know, everyone feel like we're more available because it's not like everything's being dumped on one person. Um, so yeah, that collaborative nature, I think is really important. And I think we are, you know, like Dickie said, all good listeners. Um, But also I think we're able to put, like, we can can really prioritize that it's not just the needs and wants that we feel are important um, that need to be brought to um, everyone's attention. It's, you know, everyone's voices that need to be heard. And I'm really excited, and I know Janelle and Dickie are too, to be in a position where we can help do that.
3: Yeah. Yeah. I'm really, I'm really excited about, you know, affecting change because I see how Mawr has been in my past two years. I see how um Mawr has been pretty intentional and responsive um to things that are brought to leadership's attention with regards to the student body. And so being able to, and, and there's always room for improvement. There are always mm-hmm. things, you know, um, that can be identified. And even as a leadership council, if we're identifying issues, being solutions oriented and providing like um, proposed solutions to some of the challenges that we identify. I feel like it's important, but I feel like, you know, the overall, you um, outcome is to affect change and to improve and
0: enhance our student body only happens but i can already see that you three are just working together from this really collaborative collective community oriented space which is really incredible and also i think a good model for what it's like to be in be a social worker and be in the social work working world and being a part of different advocacy groups and in solidarity in, in solidarity with people in our organizations that we work for or the communities that we support. That's just a nice, feel like the approach of the GSA and the approach of you three on this council is a nice lead into what the, what the social work profession really aims to do after graduation and after uh, when people are really involved in different organizations. And I know all three of you have a lot of professional experience working for various organizations and schools and, um, Dickie as a pastor representing communities and supporting communities and collaboration with folks. So I think this is a really wonderful model for how our students seeing and working with the three of you can continue that in, in the future and their different whatever whatever world of work they get to go into. Um, so I'm really excited about having the three of you as our representatives in the GSA this year. Um, is there any are there any events or any things that you're really excited about or ideas that you have? That you're thinking about this summer that might you might bring to the school year the coming school year
3: well for starters I know um for myself like we've had a pretty hectic summer as part-time students so our yeah. semester ended like a few weeks ago just a, a few weeks ago. yeah yeah the wind down from summer but, um, the first thing we're looking forward to, I can say is orientation. Mm-hmm. Um, we all plan to be at orientation, so welcoming the incoming students um and pretty much just ha- kind of giving back what you know, I know for myself. I've had the support of now former students because they graduated um throughout my um, tenure at Brimmer, and they have been instrumental to my um, success so far. So being able to give back and support incoming students, um, that's one of the things, that's one of the first orders on the agenda is to attend orientation and support in that way, because I've also just been intentional about getting involved, period. So like, I've gone to like the welcome sessions held by admissions for like the the incoming students. And so just you know, giving back, I know um some of us plan to be at um, GPS as well to support um those who are transitioning careers t- to do social work at Vermar. So yeah. Those are some of the things right now. Um, we haven't quite met to collaborate yet on what our overall agenda is or some of the things that we would like to see. But I know that's one thing I'm excited about is attending orientation because I couldn't last year, but you know, now as part of the leadership council to share and give insight on our, our experiences.
0: Yeah, and I, I just before um, Tiki and Catherine respond as well. I should say that we're recording this in August, but it will be released. I I'm hoping the first week of classes. So some of these reflections are going into the school year, and a lot of what you're talking about, Janelle, are these early events uh, GPS, which a lot of our students take advantage of in the summer to prepare for graduate school and the orientation which is coming up in a week which is really exciting so already there's a lot going on like you mentioned to really introduce incoming students into the program and into the community which is very fun so it's really exciting that you're all going to be there to support through that but yes timeline wise this will be we're kind of think we're, we're talking about the future but by the time this gets released it will have just happened which is <laughs> it's always a funny thing um Catherine and Dicky, what about you any events or things coming up either what Janelle has mentioned or other
1: I, just ideas you have for the school year that you're really excited about um yeah I can go uh so like Janelle stat, said the new student orientation is coming up and I think that's kind of our first uh order of business um as like a sidebar, not necessarily, as like um, part of like the D- G- GSA Leadership Council. Um, I started working on a proposal this summer um, to with um, Anna Shaw and um, in collaboration with a lot of different wonderful people. And um, we talked to you, Mary Florence, about it too, um, to address the accessibility needs, especially with, um, the text-to-speech readings, um, at the GSA, um, and it's really going super, super well, and, um, uh, we're collaborating with Dean Shapiro, and it is, it's, it's honestly been a really wonderful experience, um, because everyone is so ready to, like, help and make change, and, um, change, like, a cultural perspective of, um, accessibility standards, um, so that all people have more, accessibility, not just um, people who have like a documented need. Um, So really exciting, exciting stuff coming there. Um, You know, it was kind of just, uh, we're going to do this. And then, you know, like going into this GSA leadership role. I'm like, oh, wow. Okay. Well, this is cool because this relates to like being a leader in that way. Um, But it wasn't really like in this role that I started that with Anna. But it is some cool things are happening. (laughs)
0: Yes, I'm really excited about that. Having we just had a meeting about that was that this
1: no last week. Was like, last oh, week, Tuesday. yeah, yeah, it's only
0: Tuesday, and it was just really it was a wonderful conversation, but also just really exciting, like you said, Catherine, to see a lot of collaboration around um, such an important important piece. So excited to see where that goes this year.
2: Me too. Um. Well, from my perspective, I've already been involved in a couple of uh, prospective student uh, events and uh, new student events, so. Um, one event, of course, where some of the um, uh, alumni came back for the event. and I was able to meet some of the alumni and actually have um, started some collaborations with some former uh, Bryn Mawr students. Um, and, and so I'm looking forward to the um, new student orientation because I still remember when I attended as a new student and how the orientation was my first step in becoming acclimated to uh, graduate uh, work. and those who were already involved in um, in Bryn Mawr's uh, graduate social work program made me feel uh, very, very comfortable about the fact that I could do the work and I could succeed. So I think um, sometimes we humanize what this uh, journey looks like and give people who may not have an idea what graduate work looks like, but it gives them confidence that they can indeed succeed um, you know, working toward their master's uh, degree. And no matter if they're just coming out of undergrad uh, school, uh, work or if they had a pause between uh, their undergrad work and now uh, embarking upon uh, their graduate work, it still helps to see somebody who's doing it successfully and hear that it is very, very possible to do this uh, successfully. So I just wanna be a part of encouraging um, new students and helping them to believe that they can succeed in this new chapter in their lives.
0: I love that, Tiki, and it really speaks to like both, both you and um, Catherine and Janelle talked too about just programming and the support of other students, but especially in the earlier parts of when you entered entered the program and entered the community at, I remember meeting you at GPS, Sticky, I remember meeting Janelle at GPS, just these these early connections with people and feeling really supported either by current students that you're entering with or by people that have come before you and are, are around. So I really appreciate you you bringing that in. Yeah, that was very instrumental part of
3: my transition um, into Brentmore because I was really nervous, really intimidated. And having been out of school for some odd 20 years um, from undergrad, I was just like, oh boy, what am I doing? And so connecting and you know having like that introduction prior to school actually starting was really helpful.
0: So I think that is a lovely transition to our final question, which I don't think I mentioned to you three, but it just occurred to me now to ask it so can take a second if we need to reflect that's totally Mm -hmm. fine but for since you are all talking in this wonderful spirit about entering graduate school and meeting new people and wanting to be supportive and in um in helping first-year students as people have supported you in the past what is a piece of advice that you wish someone had given you when you started school? Or what is a piece of advice that someone did give you that was really helpful when you started school?
3: So I don't feel like there was really any advice that I was lacking coming in. because mm. I did feel equipped when I started because of the current now former students with whom I interacted. So Hmm. one thing that was instrumental for me was the advice of learn Moodle. If you don't know (laughs) anything else, (laughs) learn how to use and navigate in Moodle. And I will say GPS helped me to prepare for that. So those graduate competency- um, online courses. courses, yeah. Please take those. They
0: will really help revolutionize your Brimar life. <laughs> it is true. We use Moodle for a lot of things and people start their time, including me as a student, not having any idea what anyone's talking about with that. And then up by the end of it, Janella, he said you're using it all the time. So to, yeah. to familiarize so yourself. <laughs>
3: use learn how to use Moodle, Bionic, and just about, you know, the major systems that you need to be able to navigate effectively because you may definitely feel lost in the sauce if you're not prepared that way. And then the second thing that maybe I wish I had, someone had told me, give yourself grace. Like this is a learning experience. And my advice is to allow yourself to fully experience it. For me, I worked full time as well as attended school part time. And it was A little challenging trying to juggle and find and create a balance for myself doing both but i feel like i was able to find it and you know i was able to participate in things on campus so don't i mean you're here for academics but don't fully focus on on the academic side to the point that that you don't enjoy the experience allow yourself to be fully immersed in your in your graduate school experience because you will be all the more richer for it. I know that I've grown exponentially in terms of coming to Bryn Mawr and going through my graduate program and you know the people I've met that have enriched my life and you know because I was intentional and created time to participate in some of the events um it may have been a sacrifice at the time because I'm like, I have articles to read. I can't go. I can't participate. But making that time and just, you know, allowing yourself to live and enjoy the experience, I think, are two things that I found to be beneficial um, advice.
2: That is amazing. Uh, uh how you've how you set that up. Um, you know, you take all the uh the good responses and and so all I can say is ditto to sort of a lot of it. <laughs> uh, and and, and be honest with you, Janelle and, and I um, have established a good friendship, and she's been a very good support. Uh, so that's another thing that I would say is find people who are on the same path as you, uh, uh, develop some connections, and don't be afraid to reach out for help. Um, there was uh, there were some courses that uh, and I'm not sure that I would have gotten through them without people like Janelle and uh, some other students that I was able to connect with who um, were able to give me some insights that I did not have, or just sometimes say, Hey, listen, you got this, you can do this. So building those relationships, which hopefully will last beyond just our tenure at Bryn Mawr. Um, but one of the pieces of uh, advice that I got, well, I was just reminded of, cause I, I think I knew it, but you really have to plan your time and, 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 and manage your time well because deadlines will sneak up on you very, very easily if you're not intentional about um, getting the work done in a timely fashion and not waiting till the last minute. I think um, most of us are a little bit more mature than we were in our undergraduate work. So partying does not necessarily get in the way, but it's easy to let life get in the way to the point where it can impede uh, progress uh, toward our academic journey. But even there, uh, realize that Bryn understands that life happens And if you need uh, extra time, most of the professors have been very, very willing to work with us. So don't pressure yourself um, uh, excessively. Janelle phrased it very, very well, saying, give yourself grace. This journey requires grace. And um, so I'm, I'm grateful for the people I've met on the journey, the people I'm journeying with, and those who went before me who reached back to say, hey, listen, you can do this.
1: That's awesome, Dickie. Um, You know, I feel like just saying ditto. <laughs> <laughs> I, I think um, I can add like a little bit to what Janelle and Dickie said, because they really took all the good stuff. Um, I think something that's really important is to um, kind of reflect when you're doing an assignment and you're getting down to that like last little kind of home stretch and thinking, this isn't perfect. This isn't my best work, that type of thing um and just reflecting on am I doing this well am I learning these concepts and not reflecting on is this perfect because we're not perfect and honestly in this field our work's never going to be absolutely perfect we're going to do the absolute best that we can and that's what everyone here at the graduate school expects and um, really wants from people, but with that, like Janelle and Dickie were saying, like ask for help. There's a lot of support, and um, make make friends, even if you're in virtual classes. You know, message some people, get some phone numbers, um, because having a support group around you, even if it's just you know one person in each class, and you never talk to the them again, they'll appreciate your support as well. So. Um, yeah that's, that's oh
3: it. <laughs> and I have another piece of advice read your yeah. emails
1: <laughs> yes, <laughs> of information
3: absolutely it's communicated via email and um people don't read their emails and they're like oh I didn't know I don't know and it's like it's in your email it's in your email so <laughs> make sure you're reading those emails from Dean Harrison um and anybody else because those emails provide you with important information and survival skills on how to navigate as well. So make sure you're reading your emails, take time to check in and read your emails so you're not missing um, important communication around events or processes and like specifically around registration. So you're not lost in the sauce on the waiting list for a class
0: that you really wanted to take. This is all wonderful advice, and I love especially the three things that you all said around finding your community, finding friends, giving yourself grace, and I think Janelle, you mentioned kind of immersing yourself in the experience. These are all pieces of advice I think that connect to social work as a longer-term profession as well, of being in relationship with people and being in community with people, and that starts. Within the graduate school, especially our graduate school, as you as you three said, there is a lot of support, both from other students and faculty and staff, but there is so much support and there is a lot of opportunities for connection. So really immersing yourself in the experience, connecting with people and giving yourself grace. And, and Catherine, the last thing um, I meant to say, too, was just kind of, of trying to avoid perfection, because in life and in social work, it is not possible, as we all know. So give yourself the the grace to not strive for perfection it's and okay to be good enough. Yes, it's it's <laughs> definitely more than okay. Yeah, absolutely. And it's part of this experience. So I appreciate the three of you for joining me and also for this wonderful this wonderful advice and just your reflections on your own experiences. So thank you so much yeah. and and I do Go want ahead, to Dana.
3: piggyback on what, what Dickie said about asking yeah. for help. Please, like, do not flounder and fall oh, to yeah. the wayside. Like, there, there are so many supports within, like, your student community as well as faculty. I will say for myself, it was a paradigm shift in my thinking. But Bryn Mawr is a very supportive um, environment. Please communicate. That's another important thing that I would tell somebody is to communicate. Um, Bring our faculty, they're pretty understanding, but the key is to communicate and let them know what's going on so that they can make sure that you have the support that you need as well.
0: Thank you three so much. That was a wonderful note to end on, Janelle. Definitely ask for help and don't feel like you're alone, like you were saying, uh, because there are so many... It's a, it is a community of social workers. Everybody is there to support and help. So thank you. Have a wonderful rest of your August and see you all nice. at orientation. I'm Thanks
3: happy. for having us, Mary Florence. Thank you. Thanks you, everybody. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.
0: <laughs> thank you so much for tuning in and a huge thank you to Janelle, Dickie, and Catherine. You can reach out to our GSA Leadership Council by finding their emails linked in the episode's notes. We are grateful to our supporters, Springpoint Partners, for providing the funding that has made this podcast possible. We are also so grateful to the GSSWSR community for supporting us throughout our first season. Have an idea for an episode? Email us at gsswsr at Thanks for tuning in and see you in the community.